and they're all in their outfits and their 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 dance attire and shoes. I'm wearing like sweatpants from my alma mater. I'm wearing like a cutoff t-shirt that I used to play basketball in, right? And I'm in the back <laughs> trying to keep up the whole thing. And at one point, I mean, I couldn't even keep up. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like kind of laughing. And at one point, the guy in front of me is like, he's like, do, do, you want, do you want to go in front? Do you, do you want to go in front? And I was like, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. You go in the front. Right? So like maybe eight minutes through the whole thing, the, the casting director stops. Stop, stop. And he gets up and he comes to the back of the room. And he, he's a taller guy. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, you're not supposed to be here, are you? I was like, no, no. Welcome to my worst audition. Welcome back to My Worst Audition. With me today is my friend, actor, comedian, writer, Josh Hyman. He does stand-up, has done a one-man show around the country. He's an original cast member of the New York Times critics' pick, Drunk Shakespeare. You've seen him on Blue Bloods and The Deuce, and he's currently starring in the off-Broadway smash hit, Sex Work, Sex Play, through emerging artists at the 28th Street Theater through the end of October. But I best know Josh as the man who has come in with me on every single commercial audition for the exact same role. And to this day, we cannot figure that out. We Josh Hyman, out. welcome to the show. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I'm so honored to be on. This is great. Uh, I'm glad we had, we had you on. Uh, you were my very first guest, yeah. and we just had technical problems, so we had to postpone it well, till now. Well, it's harder to record when you're both naked in a bathtub, and then oh, it's just the wire. The water gets in the way. I know. So, but, right, so we we'll do it the it. traditional way. Traditional way this time. Yeah. 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 And we also have the Giants connection because, you know, you did a couple of things with the Giants, especially – actually, funny story, that commercial was on or maybe it came on social media, the one you did with – yes, exactly that. And my wife sends it to me and she goes, look at this commercial. How funny. And I go, that's Gary in there. You didn't know? She's like, oh, yeah. I forgot. Like, <laughs> right? So – and then, you know, the JPP stuff. So that was another way we crossed lines. There. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah. I happen to be like on a giant Super Bowl commercial, but you produced a spot uh, with, you know, JPP. Are you down with JPP? Yeah, that was wild. And – it was so successful that you got to show up, I believe, after the Giants won the Super Bowl at the stadium? Yeah, I performed my version of Naughty by Nature's OPP on the 50-yard line of MetLife Stadium with like 40,000 people there. It was the craziest thing. And That's I'm incredible. It's really wild. I still laugh at it sometimes. Well, and we have to reminisce about that yeah. because the Giants are awful oh, these hard. days. What the heck is going on? It's like I don't, I don't even want to know. But I will say that as far as since it's kind of like along the lines of screwing up on in our professional lives, when I wrote that song, I recorded that song, I performed it live on, on the TV morning TV shows. I could performed it on the radio, on Boomer and Carson. I never messed up one time. I didn't miss a line, a beat, nothing. I got to the stadium in front of 40,000 of people and i was at one point if you actually listen to the recording because you can't really tell in a stadium you know like you can't yeah hear. at one point i was like you were just you were just baba booey baba booey yeah baba Boo I, I was just it, until the next word came and i went with it but i just didn't stop i was like <laughs> and then when they made the video that they posted naughty by nature had a guy right they put all the words so if like you're really listening and reading the words oh, <laughs> it's, oh. it's not the words oh man it was really wild but anyway you know a lot of good came out of that so that was a lot of fun yeah. and it, um, it was really impressive man it was, it was a great piece of work on your part man thanks actually that's a funny story i mean it's not an audition but like 
that day at the stadium, they were like, all right, we have to, before we go out there, we need to have like a meeting. So I go into this like room in the belly of MetLife Stadium and it's like me and the head of entertainment for the New York Giants and the three members of Naughty by Nature sitting around a table and they're like talking, you know, and I was like, I can't, what am I doing here? Like, how am I sitting here right now? And then they go, they look at my jersey and go, oh, you can't wear that jersey. And I go, why? They go, it's a bootleg jersey. I said, okay, well, we're in the stadium. Why don't you just go down to his locker and get me one of his jersey? I'll wear it on the field. So the girl goes, oh, okay. One of the girls there, she goes down, she gets me, (laughs) she gets me the jersey. She hands it to me and it's a Justin Tuck jersey, number 91. And I was like, you see how it works is the name of the song is called JPP. <laughs> so I, I just wore my jersey and I went out there and nobody said anything. Oh, that's great. Yeah. For those that don't know, JPP stands for Jason Pierre-Paul. He was a Giants well, right. defensive end in that 2011 Super Bowl season known as JPP. Uh, but when you just said that, see, the way it works is, have you seen uh, A League of Their Own? Yeah, I love them. We just the, showed my the, kids for the first time. Okay. The way you just said it reminds me of John Lovitz's character when they're getting on the train. And <laughs> you see, the way it works is you the get train on the train. Moves, the not train moves, the station. not the station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I probably got it from there, but I was like, um, I have a question. <laughs> so, And then the rapping thing. And then here's the best part, just the epilogue of that story is I finally met him. I, I had been in touch with JPP, but I finally met him on the stage. After the whole celebration thing. And, and he sees me and he goes, Josh. And I go, Jason. And we like run and hug. And we take a picture with his arm around me and my arm around him. And in the picture, we're both pointing at each other like this. And it mm-hmm. turned out that the two fingers he was pointing at me with were the two fingers he ended up blowing off in the firework <laughs> explosion <laughs> later that summer. I was like, this is your goodbye oh, picture to those fingers. I know. You, you had the honor of one of JPP's final points. Yeah, with those fingers. With those fingers, yes. Oh, <laughs> that's Aww. great. But anyway, it's been fun to cross paths like that with you, and, and especially in the audition rooms, and and it's just so wild, right? That's how we became closer, I think. It's just it, always it, it being is. like, of course you're here. Of course. And here. and for those who are, who you know heard the opening, I don't know why you wouldn't have heard the opening if you're listening to this. Right. I was not joking. Josh and I would we initially became friends because we went in not just for the same commercials, but for the exact same role in the commercials. And if you know anything about us. I'm kind of 6'2 and sort of slim. And Josh, I don't know, you're definitely I'm five, not 6'2. 5'3", stocky. You know, yeah. I carry and, my weight in my ass. And we would look at each other and we're like, they have no clue what they want. No, right. And which is funny because we're both kind of silly, you know, maybe over the top at times kind of guys, but play deadpan too. So it was just funny to be like in the same room. And it was more of like this, like, oh, of course you're here. You know, yeah, like, right? Of course, yeah. Which is great. Exactly. It was a great compliment too. So I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, hey, we're speaking of, we're on my worst audition. Do you have any that you want to share? Uh, well, I mean, my my audition mishaps usually come in like theater, have come in theater situations. I do a lot of theater um, as much as I'm, you know, doing commercials and trying to do more TV. Uh, but theater is just a good avenue for me. So I find myself in a lot of those auditions um i always find that like whenever i go into an audition and i'm like what am i doing here what what do you you want me for this you know that's for some reason actually the opposite i always end up booking that like if i just could get to that point with every audition where i'm like why am i here uh because i can't tell you how many times i've gone in there and been like i look at the sides and be like 
I'm not, I'm not reading this. This is not, I don't know what, what you probably heard this 10,000. Can I just do like some of my stand up, like things like that? And then I and book it. It's like the wildest thing. I, this drunk Shakespeare thing is a great example. Those first, I was an original cast member. The other nine cast members were all like trained in Shakespeare and went to all of this stuff. And I'm like coming from the stand-up world and I'm like reading the Shakespeare like off a piece of paper. You know, it was so weird. Um, so yeah, I tend to walk into those situations a lot. Um, the one, the, the, the two that I think of that are the funniest as far as like how bad they were was there's a show on, uh, it used to be on Broadway called rock of ages. Okay. If you've ever heard of it. And there's I like remember, one, sure. yeah, one character, his name was like Lonnie and he's, uh, or maybe might not have been Lonnie, but he was like the kind of narrator of the play. He had this like, you know, mustache. He kind of like reminded everyone of Jack Black, you know, he was like okay. funny, but like over the top. And of all the parts in that show, he probably sang the least. He had one song. He had to carry the tune. But you didn't have to be like a big Broadway singer to like really play that part, you know? So I was right. like, I'm going for it, you know? I don't sing. I don't ever, I don't know how to read music. I know none of that, right? But it was like the winter. I was working at a middle school. The music teacher is helping me. I printed out the like sheet music. I literally had no idea what I was looking at. I just memorized it. It was a Bon Jovi song. It was, um, what was the one from uh, Young Guns, you know? Uh, Oh, dead or alive? Yeah, no. Uh, going down on a blaze of glory. Oh, okay. Blaze yeah, of glory, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I'm practicing and practicing. The teacher is rehearsing with me. He's looking at me, going, "Close enough, close enough." Right. Nice. So I okay. go down to the theater to Telsey and for a Broadway audition, you have to wait in line when it's like a singing situation. You like you get called up as like 15 people and you literally wait in a line and everybody has all the people, the guys, they have their books like it's like a notebook and it's got all these songs that they can sing. And they're looking through it like, what am I going to do today? You know, oh, maybe, um, no, no, no. You know, they're like looking through <laughs> and I show up with like three pieces of paper stapled together in the corner. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> right? Like, what, what am I doing? So I go in to the audition, and they're like, "Do you have a piece? What do you want to do today?" And I was like, "They were like, just hand it to the to the pian the pianist, you know." So I, I had the staple in the thing. So I'm like, "Give me one second. And I'm like taking the staple out of the corner, okay? And I got it out, and I just lay it in front of me. He's like, "Where do you want to start?" I was like, "Wherever, wherever it says to start." And I was like, "Just, just start playing. We'll figure this out as we go." I took my glasses off because I wanted to appear like the character, but I realized then I can't. Can't see. So there's like three blurry people in front of me. He's playing music. And I am going like hard radio singing like you're in your car. Going sure. down in a place of glory. I'm screaming. At the end, they were like, thank you. <laughs> like, Ooh. right. And they were like, and I was like, okay. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And the, the pianist just like hands me the three pieces of paper bag and was like, see guys, thanks so much. It was like, it, and like, and people like just heard that from outside. They all kind of, it was like, I didn't realize how embarrassed. Now I realize more how terrible that whole thing was. But at the time I was like so proud of myself. But at the same time, everybody was like, that was bad. That was really bad. So that was one of my worst auditions ever uh, by far. Um, 
And the second one is also a Broadway thing. An agent had sent me one that was less about singing. It was like a dance call kind of thing. So if you've ever been on a dance call, which I've only been on one, you go, same similar situation. You go into this room, and it's kind of like that episode of Friends. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. With jo- Joey had to be in that, and he's in a room, I, and the dance instructor is like, and we're triple change and ball and step and da, da, And they're gotcha. teaching it, and the guys all know the things, and they're all in their outfits and their 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 dance attire and shoes. I'm wearing like sweatpants from my alma mater. I'm wearing like a cutoff t-shirt that I used to play basketball in. Right. And I'm in the back <laughs> trying to keep up the whole thing. And at one point, I mean, I couldn't even keep up. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like kind of laughing. And at one point the guy in front of me, is like, he's like, do you, do you want, do you want to go in front? Do you, do you want to go in front? And I was like, no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. You go in the front. Right? <laughs> So like maybe eight minutes through the whole thing, the the casting director stops, stop, stop, and he gets up and he comes to the back of the room and he he's a taller guy and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, "You're not supposed to be here, are you?" I was like, "No, no, I don't know what I'm supposed to be here." And and he goes, "You can leave if you want." I was like, "Great." And I was like, "Can I get my headshot back though? Because those are expensive." And he was like, "Sure." And he goes, and never, he said, to, what did he say? Never come back here again. Something like that. Or never, yet never come back here again. Tell your agent. And then he stopped himself. He's like, you know what? I'll call your agent. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Really? Okay. We're on the same page. Like it was like, it was as if he was like, there's no amount of dance training that you could get to ever be in this situation where you would find success. But and he wasn't way, saying it. In like a kind of a tongue-in-cheek, jokey way, he was like serious, like don't ever come back here again. He wasn't being mean, but he okay. was kind of like just like just tell them so, not sort of to like, send hey, you back we, here. we we both understand what just happened right. here. Let's, <laughs> right. Okay, like, let's All not right. ever waste each other's time. And I'm looking okay. at my resume, going dance experience, like can dance. I wasn't. I didn't lie. I wasn't like Broadway trained. You know, the tap uh, jazz. <laughs> But they they wanted I went you know and and nobody even like had my body type. It's not like they wanted like a short stocky guy who was maybe just a great dancer. <laughs> it's like it just seems like they clicked on the wrong one and just it so oh, oh. sent Josh Hyman. Anyway, but it when, was more when of you like, when you put that on your resume, can dance. Were you thinking like listen, I you know I've done the chicken dance at bar mitzvahs. I think that qualifies. Yeah, like was I that... can keep up. You know, okay. I can keep up in like a, you know, in a dance circle or I now one of my side gigs is I'm, I'm a dancing rabbi. I go to weddings and, and uh, bar mitzvahs and uh, people, they Jewish weddings and bar mitzvahs. And what they do is they hire this troupe to come and dance at these affairs and mm-hmm. like do the bottle dance from the, uh, the amazing bottle dancers from the uh, Fiddler on the Roof where they put the bottle on their head. And never seen it. Okay, well, there's a thing where they dance. They literally put a wine bottle on their head and dance. It's wild, okay. right? So I All show right. up as the rabbi, who's like, "I'm sorry, what? I don't know what I'm doing here. Well, am I in the right place? Like something like that." Okay, introduce nice. them, and then I can. And then we do the whole run. I can. I got great rhythm, but like that kind of dancing, like you, you need years of training to do that. Anyway, yeah, it was man. more about like I was embarrassed, but also like kind of laughing at the same time because I was like, "Yeah, that was." more of like an experience like i just had to do that you know Hmm. i I haven't really had anyone like be so mean i mean i I mean those are like those are like you know theater auditions i mean i had one audition stand-up audition for a club one time 
And like, you know, as a comic, you pretty much know how your stuff is going to work and can adjust with the crowd. But it was a club. It was like a little upstate, like real kind of like, you know, I don't want to use certain words, but like a little, maybe a little more blue collar and but money, blue collar with money. And there was this nice, mm. fancy, you know, kind of area. <clears throat> and I'm doing this, my audition and, and I, like the first joke worked. And then for some reason, just every joke progressively just started getting worse and worse and worse to the point where can you whistle? You know, when someone like that old thing where like something falls off a building is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like all I hear from the back of the room. And it was going on for long enough that they started to just lower the lights on. Like, it just slowly oh. lowered the lights and then it lower and lower until the mic went out. <laughs> oh. I was still oh. talking. And I was, I felt like the biggest piece of shit ever in the entire but world. You, but you know what? Good for you for just like committing to it. You're like, I'm just going to yeah. keep going. I'm gonna keep going. going. And yeah. then, and then I just, you. they're laughing, but they're laughing at the fact that I'm bombing. They're not laughing yeah. at me, right? But, but then, you know what? Who the fuck cares? They're, they're laughing. Make them laugh. Who cares? Right. Laughing at you or with you. Right. But I mean, at the time, like it was one of the, ever been up there? It's like a sea of, you can't really see anyone. So yeah. you don't know who's, sure. who's whistling yeah. at you or who's, and they shut the lights and, the MC like didn't know what to say, and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then here's the worst part: is that the next guy who was auditioning, who came up, was a, mm -hmm. uh, uh, not a ventriloquist, yeah, like a ventriloquist, but like a puppet comic, and yeah, he's okay. literally doing jokes out of like the old school joke books that your dad would like yeah. have around the house, mm -hmm. like racist and sexist and everything, and they're going ballistic. They're just like, and I was like, that's all? That was what I had to that's do? That's all I needed to do? I know right. all those jokes. I can be as racist and sexist as anybody. Let's go. Right, let's do it. I didn't know that was the game plan for today. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, speak, yeah. Speaking of, of racism, I know you, you mentioned something to me in the initial thing we did that we never yeah. ended up using about how you were asked to use the N-word in an audition. Oh, and, I forgot about that. Yeah, and I only bring it up because I mentioned it to, I believe, Rob on the very first episode of the show since I recorded his after I recorded yours. Right, right, use right. Yours. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want to touch on it or not, yeah, but I remember you said you had to use like a different word because right. of that. Well, it was a play, again, a theater play, and it was really out there. It was actually written by a bunch of stand-up comics. And the whole and – and I ended up seeing it later, and it really was hysterical. But like they were push. it was like Blazing Saddles, but like by 10. And they knew what they were doing, and it got rave reviews, and it was hysterical. But one of the characters was a white guy, a, like a southern white guy, and he – was required in the show to say the N-word as not saying N-word, the real N-word, you yeah, know? So say, I yeah. get these sides and I'm like, it wasn't even that I had to say it. It was the other, the scene partner had to also say it too. So I email the woman and I go, I, I, I don't mind. I mean, I don't love that I have to be on camera and there's going to be a recording of this, but like what I can't have my wife as the reader saying this. right? <laughs> so, so she goes, she literally writes me back and says, just have your wife say apples. So I said, okay. So I'm going there and, be, and like we're reading the scene and she's like, what's up, Apples? And I'm like, what's up, Edward? 
great. Hey, apples. It was so awkward. Here's the funniest part. I got a callback for it. So where is the callback? It's in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, and it's not in a studio. It's literally on, like, the second floor of a walk-up apartment building, and it's, like, springtime. So I get up there. The windows are wide open. They're like, okay, let's do a take. I'm like, we're going to need to close those windows before I start screaming that word out. Sorry, not happening. And I, I yeah, ended buddy. up not getting it, which was fine because the guy who got it was great, but – um. And it was it was a great show, but oh my god, can you imagine? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what though? I even if you got if you got it, I can imagine you committing to it because you, uh, and I appreciate this about you. You will commit to it once you get going. You will commit to the bit, and you know I love sure. that. I appreciate sure. that. Yeah, you too. I I I would have I would have done it, but I just um, it was just shock at the moment you know so. i know i get it yeah it's, it's not yeah. a regular everyday thing you're asked to do well you know i gotta ask you since we were just talking about how yeah. uh, you know you don't necessarily have a background in, in singing or dancing or this yeah. sort of thing i mean sort i think sort of like me it did you didn't go to theater school you didn't go to college and study fine arts or anything did you no not at first and and i it's a sore subject i often kick myself about it because where i went was the university of buffalo i studied communication like human mm -hmm. interaction communication mass communication small group which on an acting sense especially on theater comes in so handy just how to pay attention and how to you know just understand the scene from that perspective but at that campus was a huge performing arts school it was they had a thing called the center for the arts it was this massive building with theaters of all sizes like real professional stuff and like mm. i just think all the time oh man if i had had the, the foresight to know that i was really gonna want to do this i'd be 10 years ahead right now than where i, I am you know i i but but i don't know about that because you know i came from kind of a similar background i went to college down in dc you know dc mm. has a very big theater scene and I didn't do a lick of it. I, I studied right. political science and history, and I didn't perform once in my four years in college. And I have met people, and I think you've met people in the business, we've met people who have these theater degrees, and they, they have their piece of paper, and now I'm officially an actor, and I know you've booked more than a lot of those people. Sure. It's, it's not about the the paper so much. It's about, like, you know, I kind of call myself a blue-collar actor. It's not, I didn't coin that term, but I, I like that term. Um, you know, and I did go back to school for acting and theater training, and I use mm -hmm. all of that stuff today. I went to Atlantic Acting School and took some conservatories there, so I did end up getting sure. you know, skills that I needed because sure. I knew. But it's more of that. It's like less about like the name on the certificate because at the end of the day, and you do it too. It's it's about the hustle. It's about how much yeah. you put yourself out there and what you're willing to do or commit to. Do you say the n word for the part? You know that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. I just feel like. You know, like the, the familiarity with like just the space, the scene, knowing all the sure. things that I had to learn on the road, the difference between a black box theater and being on a mega stage and that comfortability that comes with it so that our crazy yeah. personalities could come out. But yeah. I'm also glad the way I did it, too, because it told me that like some situations that I've been in, like, oh, I I have this naturally in me. I know what to do. I just have to go. You for do. It and do it. Yeah. You're, you're a performer, and you're a person who's not afraid to ask questions. You're not afraid to make yourself look foolish. Sure. And I think that's a big part of the game. You know, yep. being willing to being willing to always learn. If you're like, oh, okay, this is how you do it. Great. Go up, put yourself out there, and take a chance. Right. Uh, you know, and I I only ask that because I wonder. You know, you you didn't study. You studied communications. What made you finally decide to say, you know, I want to give this whole acting performing thing a try? That's a great question. I. I grew up watching stand-up before, like, obviously streaming and all of that stuff. So I was watching Rodney Dangerfield's, uh, 
you know, uh, you know, young comics on HBO and, and, uh, you know, the, the Rosie O'Donnell show on VH1 that she had where she was hosting. And I just became obsessed with it. What happened was I always wanted to do, I was always doing little plays and stuff. I wrote a show when I was 10 years old, 11 years old that I performed in front of a camp and it was really funny, but, um, everybody around me was always like, no, no, you can't do it. It's too hard. It's too hard. Mm. And no one, like, I didn't really get that push to do it. It was more like, you know, oh, you can't do it. Don't waste your time. So then um, when I got out of college and everybody was in grad school and I was home and I had like no friends back where I was living at home and everything, I just met some people that were doing like community theater and I just started performing with them and I was in a bunch of shows and I got to be funny and you get that laugh and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, what is that? And then when I moved into Manhattan, I lived right next to the comic strip live. So I took sure. a stand-up writing class and then it just all came together. That old passion and desire to be a stand-up and then the writing and having been on stage and I just took off from there. I just was doing mostly stand-up and then again, I got into theater through other people that I met. And so I feel like in that regard, yes, everybody, a lot of New York, almost all my friends are TV and commercial and actors and stand-up comics, but I'm one of the few that I know that's like also a theater actor and finding some mm-hmm. success in that world. Um, so it's just, yeah, it just was like a fire that just never went out basically. That's cool, man. Yeah. What uh, about you? you? What's your story like that? Oh, I mean, I, uh, like I, I worked a desk job for six years, but I was always a class clown in yeah. elementary school and middle school. And I sort of buckled down in, in high school, um, doing, you know, the things that I thought you were supposed to do when you go to college and you get your formal job with a suit and tie and a pen yeah. and a computer screen. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I had read a book a fictional book that had a character in it that kind of woke up one day in his maybe early 60s or whatever and realized that he lost the the talent that he once had because he never used it and it really hit me hard and then you know that was when I was like maybe you know 26 or so and it took me like another three years after that to finally build up the courage to say okay I was 29 years old and I said if I wait till I'm 30 I'll yeah. never leave this life. And I had yeah. to just go, all right, I'm going, I'm going to give it a try. But I had yeah. no clue what I was doing. I mean, like you, I just asked questions and I started hustling, right. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and then, of course, like you, I took classes afterwards. You know, sure. I'm, I'm not going at this completely You did a lot of improv too, right? Your sketch A lot of improv. improv. Yeah, yeah, I started doing stuff on the weekends back in D.C. where I was living, you know, sketch and yeah. improv, dinner theater, which to this day is some of the most fun I've had acting because the guy who Absolutely. wrote and produced the dinner theater, um, he really gave myself and another person in that troupe a very long leash because he knew we were really good with improv so right. we went off script constantly and just constantly messing with the guests and their, their right. dinner and everything and it was a blast it was a great time to this day it's some of the most fun that i've had yeah uh but it also I, I allows wonder. us to go on those auditions and be outrageous like i've heard some of the stories on the other episodes including yours and it's like we're not going to survive in this if we don't have bad auditions like that where we f*** up. Or, yes. Or, I mean, one audition I went to, you remember, the, you know the old, like, where you go and, you know, kind of pay-to-play audition where you go and sure. meet the casting yeah. directors? I, I was so in it in an audition, a the, again, a theater audition one time, and there was a chair in the room for the audition, and I'm reading the sides. I was studied up, and I did, I thought I gave such a good performance, and then... Normally, you would go, okay, thank you, and turn around and leave, right? But I was so Mm -hmm. in it that I thought I was in one – I forgot where I was, and I thought I was in – one of those pay-to-play things where you then sit and talk to the person across the table. <laughs> so I did this audition. I nailed it. They were like, wow, really good. And I was like, thank you. And then I just sat down and I was like, so what else do you guys want to know about me? You know? And they were like, 
where are you from? <laughs> I was like, uh, and then they were like, okay, thanks. And then I, at the, only at the end did I go, oh, I wasn't, oh, oh, my bad. Uh, bye guys. Yeah. <laughs> then get up. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> you can go, you're dismissed. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, you're dismissed. And what happened there? I got a call back for that too. And they said, we need you to sing. And I was like, let me tell you a story about the last time I sang in an audition. <laughs> Um, you know, you were asking before, you know, about yeah. being in and hustling and it, I, there have been times I can say there's been at least a half a dozen times in my years doing this where I was like, all right, when I initially started, I gave myself two years to, I yeah. said, if I don't make it in two years, I'm done. I don't know what make it meant right, to me, right. but like, I was like, all right. And like every time I'm about out, I seem to book something that to me seems pretty big. It seems like, yeah. oh, this is, this could be the moment. Right. And I feel like I'm a degenerate gambler. Like, oh, well, the next yes. one will be the one that finally does it. Have Have there been moments for you where you're just like, all right, I, I think I gave it my all. I've had a great time. Um, I'm I'm done. I'm going to stop. And if so, what else do you think you would do with yourself if you kind of got out of this business? That's such a funny question because literally right before this phone call, I was like, I quit. And then you said, hey, be on my podcast. And I was like, that's it. I'm back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, yeah, I, being on Gary's podcast. Yeah, that's it. Hey, that's gonna make he, it for me. Does anyone else here know who Gary is and what he does? Yeah, you have no idea. Okay, panhandlers party on the subway. But uh, I, I, I hate to say it, and maybe it's just become what my process is. But I feel like I quit like every other day, you know. And obviously, and my, and you know, what keeps me in it. Honestly, it's my wife. I'll be like, that's mm. it. I quit. I'm done. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna be a substitute teacher again. And she's like. All right, shut up. No, you're not. Go do that thing. You know, she keeps me in it That's like great. all the time. It's great. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat with you as that. You know, you feel like nothing's happening. You're waiting, a lot of waiting. You can mm. only ask so much. You you submit auditions. You know, the worst is when you have like three or four auditions and you are on callbacks for all of it. And you're not just counting dollars. You're counting exposure. That's going to be a national. That's going to be with the Knicks. That's going to be uh, a recurring job. And then you don't get any of them. And then mm -hmm. that's the hard, that's as hard to pick yourself up after that and go, okay, I'm getting back in the game because, and you said it before, like, I, I don't, I'm not really sure what I would do. I've had a lot of jobs. I've been a substitute teacher. I worked in satellite distribution at CBS, you know, it's a kind of techie job. And, and I've had, I've been a, a youth leader, like organizing volunteer things, all things I kind of really love doing. But like at this point, at this age with two kids, I don't know that I could go back to anything. I don't know what I would really do. I mean, a used car salesman, uh, uh, the, the guy with, with the sign on the street that just fucks with people to get them to go in the store, you know, yeah, like spinning the sign and everything. I'm kind of like in it. I mean, then again, you know, who knows? I got a lot of, you know, pokers in the fire right now with some other things, the show that I'm in and a, a film script that I wrote called Hebrew School Dropout, which I'm trying to get out there. It's like funny, very Jewish oriented, which I don't feel like there's a lot of that out there. And uh, no, nobody ever produces Jewish stuff in the entertainment business. Yeah, they don't the way I did it. And I'll be honest with you is that it's always uh, all the Jewish stuff is like always skewed to being like, let me be less Jewish. I don't want to okay. be it's or I'm marrying someone who's not Jewish or or oh, I, it's my bar mitzvah, but I don't want to do the, all that stuff. I just want the party, gotcha. you know, like and I'm gotcha. trying to do it more of like, no. And I really put a lot of effort into making it very, like really making sure things aligned, you know, and it's obviously still a comedy and there's ridiculous stuff that happens, but it's still based in Judaism from like the get go. So, yeah. Right. 
to, to echo uh, the the full joke, you're you're going full Jew, not oh, Jewish. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like Jew. Well, yeah, there needs to be another word for that when you're not like full Jew, right? Judiac, Judiac. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know what it is. You gotta sometimes, especially now for people, anyone listening to this who doesn't have kids, when you see your kids and growing up, and they see what you're doing, and they see how hard you're working, and they're proud of you, but like you also think, you know, uh, there are certain other things I wish I could do a little more consistency that would, that mm. would, um, you know, be nice. But then again, we kind of double back down and go, Hey, I'm maybe I'm kind of good at this and I got to do you the are, thing man. that I'm best at. So you are. And, um, you know, it, it's always a pleasure working with you I and you've always been so gracious about jumping in on the, you know, the few projects that I produce once in a while. I'm like, Oh, I need Hyman here for something. He's yeah. going to add value in some way. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do. But he's going to show up. He's going to add something to Thank it. You. So I'm Thank always you. happy to work. With hey, you. and the super secret cell, the script that you guys are working on, is one of the only scripts that I have read where I was laughing out loud, like really, truly laughing out loud. So when that Thank comes you. out, people, you will appreciate it. Trust me. Somebody, I don't know who, who will ever produce that or ever air it, but we'll see. They may not air it, but they might make it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, buddy, it's been a it's pleasure to have you on. Um, you too. Can you let people know where they can find your work? Yeah, uh, my website is Mr. Like Mr. Josh Hyman, two H's. It actually reads as Mr. Joshy Man, but whatever. Mr. Josh Hyman.com has all my work on there. But the, the big thing is I'm in this show uh, off Broadway right now called Sex Work, Sex Play. It runs to the end of October. It's very funny. It's very poignant. It tackles a lot of topics, but it's a great time. So come see it. 28th Street Theater. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Peace. I'll talk to you later.